Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Winter, spring, summer, fall, seasons change, we still keep it together. Hey Beverly Hills 90210 fans, are you ready to dive deep? Episode by episode, storyline by storyline, character by character, as we break down the making of your favorite zip code with your host, Charles Rose. Did I say that? Harry Mullen. This thing about the, the the real person, and we go, what? We're getting rid of this guy. Pete Ferrero. I'm feeling wonderful. <laughs> Kathleen <laughs> looks crush, TV crushworthy. Like so many special guests, and all your questions live on the Beverly Hills 90210 show. Oh yeah. Well, here we are back live, Larry. I'm. This is this is like Wednesday, five o'clock. You're live with me, right? It's anything can happen. <laughs> it's not pre-recorded. <laughs> We're joined by Drew Kinney again. Drew, how's Drew. everything going with you, man? Excellent. Having a great summer. That's awesome to hear. Yeah. Uh, Larry, last week we got to do something really great. Uh, we united or reunited oh, yeah. with. Uh, 90210OMG, Jenny and Tori's podcast, and we did a big celebration with Jason Priestley and Gabrielle Carteris and uh, a whole slew of people to talk and honor uh, Joey Tata. What was your experience like? What did, what did, you, what did you think? You know, kumbaya. It was lovely. Uh, it was funny. It was, it was uh, resonant and it was sad. And uh, I learned a lot of stuff about uh, drinking on the set. Um, which I never knew as a producer that that was going on, but uh, that's cool. I said, well, you know, we were smoking joints on the other side. Yeah, you were drinking there. But anyway, I, it was just great, I thought. It was great to see everyone's faces, and uh, I think, um, I think you know, Joey would have had a, a good chuckle at it, you know? Oh, I think he would have absolutely loved to see it and hope. And I want to always acknowledge that, we, you know, I hope that Kelly's doing okay, Kelly Tata. You know, we didn't really talk a, a bunch about her on the uh, the group podcast there because it was really about the Joey memories. But, um, you know, we are all thinking about her in this time. I know it must be devastating what she's going through. So I just want to make sure that uh, we shout that out. Um, yeah, I mean, because, the, the, uh, you know, Tori and Jenny both said they, Kelly grew up on the set. I mean, they, they watched her grow up. And so I yeah. know they sent her best also. Right. You got to spend a little time with Lindsay Price from season eight through 10. Yeah, she was, yeah, I didn't know Lindsay at all. But yeah, she fit right in there. She was really cool. And Brian yeah. had his, uh, his, his thing Brian. he did, which was great to hear his, his point of view on stuff. Yeah, it was and really also Carol Potter. We had Carol Potter. Carol and, and, and uh, Matthew Lawrence. We had a whole, oh, group there. I missed the Matthew part. Yeah, Chuck and I came in later. Yeah, he brought we up the a second, lot of, We were the second tier. <laughs> he brought up a lot of great points about um, the disease itself, you know, Alzheimer's and, and how difficult that is and his sadness with all of that. It was really lovely. If you haven't had a chance to look at it, you, know, you can watch the video here on Beverly Hills 90210show.com or you can listen to the audio, you know, or on 90210MG. It's all good stuff. Um, Drew, start off with a little bit of a somber note. Do you? There's a few people that have passed in the last um, in the last six or seven weeks, and I wanted to give you an opportunity to talk about some of them uh, or all of them. Uh, starting with Joey Tata, um, you got any good Joey stories, or what are your memories? Well, you know, I've been sitting and I've been sitting to think about. It. You know, my my, uh, my office was right in front of um, stage two. So stage two is where the peach pit was and the little swing set space behind there, um, which there's a set in tonight's show that was in that little swing set space. That's one thing that I remember today. Um, and when like and kind of between us was the extras holding room. And so like the ADs are always making the rounds and kind of moving people out. And when they were sort of between setups, uh, Joey would wander over our, he didn't want to go all the way back to the other side of the building. So he'd wander up to the front and kind of see what was going on. And he used to come into our office. And I, I always remember this about him. It, you know, a lot of people will, you know, got time to kill. 
So they'll come in your office, you know, and shoot the ball, kill a little bit of time to tell a couple of stories, you know, maybe a couple of jokes or something like that. Um, and then they got to go back to what they're doing. Um, and it's really just pleasantries, right? Because it's like that part where you're like, you're, you've worked with these people for so long. I mean, that's when the people outside of something like this don't understand that like there were stand-ins and extras that we'd worked with for so long that were all so like part of the family because I saw them all the time. Right. Like, they were always outside my office. I think Brenda's looks, or Shannon Doherty's stand-in looks a lot like Shannon Doherty, right? I've yeah. seen pictures and it's confusing as to who is in the picture. Yeah, well, yeah. especially like if you're standing at like the catering line and <laughs> and, and like you're looking yeah. at the, the backs of people and you think, well, Shannon. We're, right, exactly. Um, we should find her. Let's but yeah, no, like sitting in, you know, in my office, a lot of times sitting in my office, um, I would be like, my back would be towards the door because that's where my drafting table was and I'd be drawing something up and working on it. And the thing that Joey did that was really awesome was he would come in and he would ask me about the drawings that I was working on. And he would ask questions about things like, you know, why do you draw it this way? Like, why is that line thicker than this line? Like, you know, like technical things, things that are really in, it's not just, you know, I know you and we've, you know, we have conversations. It's I'm really interested in what it is you're doing and why you're doing it that way. Mm. And, you know, I mean, and I mean, I know one of the reasons that, you know, that sort of came up was he had the time while those things sure. were going on because it would be, you know, a big scene and they would just need him to pass in the back. But now they've got another shot. So he's not needed for an hour. Right. He's got an hour to kill. Well, he already went and got something from craft services and talked to everybody there. And he's just kind of wandering. And I always remember that being really cool because like nobody else really just like came in and looked at. I mean, Mike Cudlitz did because he was a construction. Sure. Right? right. Yeah. Um. He had a vested interest because he wanted to know what he was going to make. And, you know, it, it, it wasn't necessarily like uh, Joe was saying, oh, is this a set for me? You know, like, which way am I going to cut? Like, sure. No, he just, he just was interested in the work. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because, you know, and, and that's and it's really interesting because a lot of people, you know, we had a lot of guest stars who had been in the business for a long time. And that's one of the things that I think is one of those effects of being in the business for so long is that you end up realizing that you have to have more with people than just good morning. And Hey, can I get you a cup of coffee while I'm walking there? Right. It has to be something deeper. And he was always kind of interested in that. So that's one of the things I always sort of have thought about over the years about, you know, all the different people and, and just that one aspect of him coming in and taking such an interest, mm. you know, and it's so mundane, like the thickness of pencil lead. You know, it's Did like, you always have an answer for him, or was sometimes it like I don't really know? I just drew it that way. <laughs> uh, oh no, I always had an answer. You know, like like I, one of the things like I, I I was thinking of like you know what's one I could remember specifically, and it was when you're drawing something that has depth to it. Like let's say there's a wall with an opening and there's a recessed doorway, like a hotel room or something. Sure, that opening would have a thicker line. It's called spatial profiling. It helps you when you're looking at the drawing differentiate for what's foreground and background. Got it. And that was one of those conversations about yeah. why is that why is that thicker than that? Like what's oh. the reason for that? Yeah. And uh, he's the only person I think outside of a production designer, an art director, or a set designer I've ever had that conversation with. That's I think it's, he's from a generation of uh, show people. You know, it's yeah. a different generation. Uh, yeah, when, you know, when you decide, show I'm people like no people. Yeah, you know, it's just part of that 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 thing. It's just a different kind of breed of people. I mean, also style wise, he's always kind of back in the the Rat Pack kind of era. I was gonna say, you know? yeah, yeah. Well, Larry's gonna say like they talked a lot about on that on the thing that we did about um, him showing up with the briefcase, and he was always very professional and all that stuff. Do you guys both recall that, Larry? No. I have no, no oh, memory. Wow. Of, again, I don't remember anything about uh, him having a briefcase with shot glasses in it and stuff. <laughs> people, uh, I, I don't people know drink it on the set. Well, we found out that <laughs> Tori would have been happy with that, frankly. But uh, I'm Tori you know, and Joey were going. Now. I, I, they were, they were going to uh, Playboy Mansion parties. So oh that yeah, was, that I can believe. Tori told that story about. The yeah, Playboy that was great. Mansion. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure. I mean, he was like a safe harbor for all those girls. Really, you know, yeah. someone they could oh. hang with at a party, and no one's going to hit on them. And, yeah. You know, Joey was, they all talked the same way. You know, Joey from that other generation of the kind of rat packy, schmoozy, uh, hands on kind of person that, uh, that they all kind of liked the flirting in a lot of ways. But, but they never really, took, they never, they never thought he crossed the line at all. So, right. It's just a different yeah. generation. Yeah. Such a uh, pleasure. 
Yes. And then, of course, we also lost uh, Jessica Klein, who's been on this podcast many times, um, uh, a writer and whatnot. I don't know, Drew, if you had much interaction with her, but um, what, what are your thoughts on Jess? You know, what, one of the things that, and I've been trying to think like too, you know, like what, what, what's something I could sort of remember about her specifically more than just, you know, sort of that thing. Cause the, and Lara says the writer's office at the stage was right next, was on the other side of my office from the casting office. Mm -hmm. And so anytime somebody came over, you know, we always walked by and said hello to each other. And, um, but what I remember, I remember very specifically about Jessica. She was one of the first people I remember seeing this in production meetings where, you know, when you're in a production meeting and all the and all the players are together talking about what you're going to do, it's run by the first assistant director. And honestly, the first assistant director is the one who's running the meeting and other people get asides. You know, the executive producer gets an aside. It's the first AD's meeting. And I can remember uh, a lot of people being intimidated about, you know, how some assistant directors run those meetings because they're very much like, I've got to get this over in an hour. Let's keep going. And Jessica wouldn't budge. If she had something to say, she was going to make sure that that got across. And I remember, you know, just sort of, you know, at first, I mean, like the first time, you know, I was a young kind of inexperienced sure. guy and thought, I don't really understand why somebody's pushing this hard over something like this. <laughs> right, yeah. As time goes on, as like I started realizing what kinds of things were going on and what they were fighting for and yeah. realizing that what she was fighting for was something that mattered implicitly to driving the story. Mm. And it you know didn't really have anything to do with me with a poster I'm doing or you know a corner of a set and what color a wall is, um, and so I thought that was really interesting because I mean I got to be a fly on the wall for those meetings for years and and hear the sort of you know the conversations and the well, questions that people I mean, have. you're fighting for the script. I mean she was very very strong with that. Yeah, and absolutely. those were uh, those were amazing meetings. Yeah, I'm just trying to think now. What are the names of the first ads? One uh, of them Ken Stringer also. Had we love Ken. We, we've yeah. tried to get Ken on here I, a few times. Yeah, yeah, he did some really, and he also was the czar of uh, the double ups. Uh, absolutely, the See, double that's ups. one of the reasons why I want to talk to Ken. I don't I'll have to try to go back and try to make that happen, but he he would be so great to talk to. Oh yeah, Ken's awesome, absolutely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then of course Denise Douse. Did you have much you know, interaction with her? Honestly, I I didn't have a lot of interaction with her because you know she would come in and do her day playing thing, and and you know, sort of like where my office was at the front of the stage. Um, the like where craft service and wardrobe and stuff were at the back kind of opposite corner of stage one. And so when the actors come in, they came in the side entrance and parked over there, came in the back door and went to the dressing rooms mm. or went to the you know, sure. back and out back. And unless they were, they had some reason to come out front. I honestly didn't see a lot of those people very often, even though, you know, my office is also right by the high school set too. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so, I mean, I could go in there and walk the stage all the time, you know, I've, you know, it's like one of those things where like, uh, I knew her well enough to, she knew my name, I knew her name and I'd say, hello, how you doing? Have a nice day. Um, but I, honestly, I didn't really get much more of an interaction with her at that particular time. Yeah, that that's, that's understandable. Totally. Yeah. I mean, just a three very talented people. Um, and, you know, just wanted to give you an opportunity to, to win. Yeah, let's not have any more. Okay. Please. Seriously. It's been, a we don't need, you don't need these kind of ratings. <laughs> we've had enough you know um all right so larry we're talking about this episode fade in fade out yes right was, this is written this... by i was gonna say we should give the credits on it it was written by meredith steam and directed by jason priestley and... uh meredith steam will not come on this podcast so, it's so sad. no response from the manager job she now is the president of the writers guild my union chuck's union and uh I can't imagine. So this experience must have been so bad. She also was my neighbor growing up across the street from me. Oh my god! And I knew her since she was a, a you know before high school, and also championed her joining the show and getting her first stuff. So it's hard for me not to take it a little personal. But uh, I think she's ashamed. You know, she comes from the area, the back where people were ashamed of the show. It was a spelling show, not a good show. Yeah, she but, but Larry, she then this... went on to create Cold Case and be one of the main writers. I've of never Homeland, seen one episode Homeland, of Cold Case. Homeland seen... and, and uh, <laughs> it's just uh, never, uh, you know, she big time this, I guess. I don't know. I've I'm, seen 298 I episodes. I, I thought maybe she might spark. Even if she was busy, she might just say, I, I'd like to do it, but I just can't now. But anyway, it's disappointing. Anyway, but Jason directed it. And we got such a charge out of him at, at the podcast we did with uh, on OMG with uh, with us 
when he remembered that he directed, he didn't remember he did. right away. Because I was referencing, you know, not having a romantic story. And Jason was told us he was the one who got the linchpin for this story, which is the Roger Corman Film Festival. He actually got Roger Corman to come on the show. So let's break all this down. There's yeah. a lot of things happening in Fade, oh, this in, is a good fade, fade Out. Uh, it really, really is. And we've covered a little bit of pieces with certain things, but never a full throttle. Um, the big thing that's going on here in this, before we get to the Nat stuff, is that Bill Taylor is back in town, right? When we've never actually, we met Bill Taylor <laughs> apparently at the high school graduation, he, but he nobody has any head. memory of this man, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, so you decide to say, we're going to bring Kelly's dad in. You got to harvest all those goodies, like people's parents you haven't seen that story, you know? Right. Yeah. And uh, Bill Taylor, we could really build a great story for him. And we got a great actor. We should, you should talk to Diane Young about. But John C. Riley had been a mainstay of episodic television for 20 years and soaps and everything. He was what was called a leading man. Right. <laughs> and yeah. uh, he brought all that with him. And um, it's an interesting story because, like I said, we haven't seen this guy. And it's a good story in a way to break uh, uh, Kelly's heart and to motivate her to, you know, as we'll see, to using cocaine. And so, so that's what's going on. Is the cocaine? Is this? Is that where this all starts with bringing the dad in? Are you? Gonna, are you saying? Yeah, like, it's a need... you know, it's a way to kind of trigger Kelly. You know, we got to really break her down. So we believe again. You don't want to. You want to have emotional reality. You got to keep. You can't just jump at things. And so, you really go at her heart, which is the father. And it's so promising as the episode plays out. He comes there. They have a dinner, even with the ex-wife, with uh, our friend uh, Angela Lesby playing Jackie, and it's everything's going well. He's looking for a house. He's going to move in there, and and and, her, and she's just never been. And and set against that is her uh, relationship with Colin. It's falling apart because of his cocaine use. So let's and, talk about Colin. Let's oh. talk about Jason Wiles. Now, for another person who says he'll be on the podcast very soon, and we have not heard from at all. So thank you for that, Jason. Um, well, hopefully soon. We love Jason and we love his work. So I'm just hoping he comes to take, you know, this episode, Jason is full, Colin's full throttle. There's a scene where Kelly has told Bill Taylor about what's up, you know, with, with Colin and they go visit him and he's as high as a kite. Right. So let's watch that real quick. Hi, Kelly. I want you to meet my father. Colin Robbins. Welcome. Oh, thanks. Uh, are, are we catching you at a bad time? No, no. Actually, I can use the brick. Ah, uh, great loft. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. You know, it's really a pleasure to meet you. I've heard so much about you. Oh, same here. I, I really like to take a look at your work. Feel free. Thanks. Excuse me. Thank you for coming. Thank you for bringing your father. I missed you so much. Thank you for being high. Come on, Kelly. I can see it in your eyes, Colin. The holidays are over and so are we. Dad, let's go. It's a big rush, honey. Colin's got to get back to his work. Oh, uh, I like your style, Colin. I try. Trying doesn't cut it. Wow, so that's some good stuff. Holidays are over and so are we. I think that needs to be a shirt. We need that in the in the in the shirt. It's pretty good. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's so good. It's just, and it's such a great line. I'm surprised Taylor Swift hasn't used that yet. She should. She should totally pick no. up on that. Especially one. with a little holly, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good. You know what? It's a good Christmas shirt. To maybe. A... Oh, it will definitely be produced uh, very it'll soon. It'll be a January shirt. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, Jenny Garth is. You know, I just people love cocaine, Kelly. So the, the anticipation of Cocaine Kelly in this episode where she's so Cocaine against Kelly. it is fantastic. It's fantastic. Uh, and Maybe again, that should be you know, the title. Need, Cocaine the Kelly. I could really get to it. Cocaine, Cocaine Kelly. Kelly. The the holidays are over and so are we. Maybe <laughs> the, <laughs> I mean, we're, we got something. We need there. a t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, it's really great. I mean, and, and Jason is so good in this scene. You know, he's just, he's really in it. And Bill Taylor is, in, is knows that this kid is high as well. Like, I mean, look, he's been. Let me give one. Well, let me say one thing. In writing this storyline, other than Meredith, probably everyone in the room had been through some experiences with cocaine. And the thing about, you know, the one is so perfect in this one. You just when you're getting really freaking high, 
dad comes in, into the room. So, <laughs> so it's such a good, it's a good scene that you just, you can't lose in a scene like that. And then they both play it well, because like you said, Bill knows he's high and Kelly knows right. he's high. And it's a, it's a chance for, you know, for Colin to try to find a way to get around there, which he thinks he's doing, but he can't. Really. So right. It's a good scene. Uh, you know what um, my favorite part of that scene is, Larry? What's that? It's when my favorite part of the scene is when they cut back to him and he's wiping his fingers on the tarp because he couldn't resist to go up and touch the painting. <laughs> Bill Taylor, you mean, right? Yeah. 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 That is really that. good. Oh, yeah. Well, he, this guy he was a real, you know, that's it. That, that was his little character, character affectation of, I know you're high, man, so I'm going to stick my fingers in your painting. Hey, uh, Ann wants to know, and we're at, and you can ask questions here again because we're live. Who decided to cut Kelly's hair that season, Kelly or the I show? Think, That's I a great it question. Was, it was definitely discussed because don't forget when she's coming in the beginning of this is season uh, six, she's been modeling in, in uh, New York. And so she needed a modern kind of high style look, you know, sophisticated look. And I think uh, Jenny must have wanted it. Maybe she was even coming out of a movie of the week because this was like set in the first episode of the season. So the kids would have had a chance to uh, to do other work during that one hiatus between uh, May and July 4th. And a lot yeah. of them did these 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 movies. So that could have been part of that too, where she had to cut her hair for that. And we just kind of went with it and used it as a modeling thing. But yeah, I love the way she looks in this. And I'm not really a short-haired guy. I'm not at all. but And I also love Claire when she does short hair as well. So I'm not a short-haired guy, but there are instances. And I think Kelly looks phenomenal this season uh, with short hair. Um, okay, now the whole thing that happens with Nat, it's really interesting. That's another big thing that's playing. We're gonna, I'll show you more uh, cocaine stuff in a little bit. But um, so you guys, why don't you talk to me, Larry, about, and we mentioned it on the other show, about the Roger Corman uh, Film Festival that's gonna be coming into town, how this all happened. I do wanna say Drew had something very cool and you have something cool in person, but you showed me this. This is the, this is the printout, but you have the poster. Yes, I have, I have one of the four copies that were made. This is amazing. This yeah. is the Roger this, Corman. This was at a time when the Peach Bee After Dark uh, was under Steve Sanders' control. Yes, and they were using it for different things, and this was going to be a, an all-week, you know, a festival. But before we got that idea, it, it really was, you know, Nat's been a good soldier there, and, and all he ever does is bring out a mega burger and kind of listen to people's problems and kind of dispense advice, sometimes bad, one time bad. <laughs> really, uh, one time really, really, really bad. Really bad for the, uh, the, Dylan, <laughs> uh, the Dylan losing his money story. Um, but, and, you know, we wanted to do something. And, and you know, we, and, I, and I'm talking about now Steve and Jessica, myself, uh, and, and uh, Meredith. You know, we, ha we had a way... We wanted she doesn't, to Meredith doesn't that. count, Larry. Meredith doesn't, doesn't count. count. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be generous. <laughs> You're not, being not so generous. nice to me. She doesn't bitter. count anymore. Yeah. 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 I mean, She's in look, time look, out. I, I, the way I go is I, I wanted to, I basically wanted to give him his own romantic storyline. And we came up with a storyline about the one that got away. And then thinking about it, you know, we knew that Joey had done lots of work. And we had a little bit of fun, you know, which, which came out of really the, the fact that, you know, Nat had already played his father, his repressive father, that maybe Nat was an actor early on. And of course, his father made him give it up. And so we let, working with that, we kind of went back and researched where what Joey taught it was in. And we came, we saw right away the Roger Corman thing. We went, oh, this is fantastic. So we we sat there just like the kids are going to sit there and watch the, 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 the clip and watch. And we went, oh, there's Joey. And we kind of thought we could do that. And we could use that as a catalyst to bring in this other girl and and see where it goes and, and give Joey a kiss. You know, right. And, and actually gets two kisses because there's also the better kiss is the kiss he gives to, I, to Steve Sanders. Uh, yeah, we'll see that too. Putting it together. That's a beautiful, beautiful mm -hmm. moment. Um, and, and it just kind of went and we cast, and I'll have to ask Diane Young, but I, I was so thrilled. And I know I had a part of it because she's a friend of mine, but Julie Parrish, who is a dear gal, is no longer with us either. But she had been like a Hollywood starlet, you know, in the, in the 60s and had been in Elvis movies and it was darling. And, uh, she became Joni Diamond and there was real chemistry between them. And that, you know, it lasted beyond, you know, my stay at the show. She was, they were already in the show to the episode. She was at the end. end. Yeah. So uh, it was just, we, we gave Nat, I, we gave Joey something real scenes where he could play and, and, and he had a heart and on a life outside the peach pit. And I think everyone loved it. Joey, he was very grateful. You know? Let's take a look at them find discovering, um, his tapes. Uh, Holy Rollers. Holy Rollers. Starring 
starring Claudia, Claudia Jennings. Great actress, died very young. <laughs> Louis Quinn, Betty Ann Reese, Reese, Roberta, Roberta Collins, Nat Benson. Nat Benson, that name sounds familiar. Yeah, I think it was Mr. America in 1972. Seldom right and wrong again, Steve. I do believe that that was Nat's stage name. Arnett? Yeah. No. Fast forward. No, no way he was in this film. He could have been. He was an actor in the early 70s. Whoa, 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 press play. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's him. I don't believe it. This is great. Oh. This is great. Not only do I have Roger Corman coming, but I got Nat Benson, a bona fide cult film star. You didn't mention a word of this while you were hanging posters all week in the peach pit. Yeah. Curious, huh? Maybe he's shy. Nat, shy. <laughs> So, good, really good stuff, though. Um, what yes. is the what is the movie, Larry? Do you know what the movie is? Yeah, yeah, I, I, you know, we watched it. It's a uh, you know, it's a rollerblade, you know, roller derby and gambling. Holy roller! Uh, you yeah. Know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Claudia James looks great on skates. So she was a lovely uh, actress who died on the PCH in a terrible accident. One of the people who died in that road. Hmm. She also starred in Fast Company, which I did the soundtrack. It was a David Cronenberg film, an early David Cronenberg film. Uh, my brother and I did the soundtrack for it, which is great. You can get right. it. You, you can get it on uh, Spotify. Uh, listen to it. Uh, but uh, you know, it was. It's kind of like you know, the mob is trying to fix the roller derby. <laughs> it's like there's some, it's some oh, action stuff, and it moves around. You know, it's not. It, you know, it's not one of Roger's better ones. But but yeah, Jason somehow knew Roger Corman. Well, Jason Priestley says up. that he worked on a Roger Corman oh, film. Yeah, and that so he emailed it. Roger Corman and said, "Would you come do an episode of Nine Hundred Two One Zero?" He said, yeah, all right, why not? And he was so <laughs> dapper and urbane. And uh, it was just, again, we have little nuggets of like that through all through the series where we have just interesting people show up and do it. Yeah. Drew, uh, I'm, curi I'm curious. Gave some veracity to it. Um, in terms of like them watching, this is just a technical question, mm -hmm. them watching a videotape. Are they watching a videotape or is it put over a blank TV? Uh, we did rear projection in the Peach Pit After Dark. So where mm. the um, what, what you'll notice in that scene is you don't see the you don't see the peach that's backlit, right? That we would change colors and do patterns and things on. Um, we would take that wall out and we would put in an, a rear projection screen, and then with that back wall removed, it gave us enough throw for the projector mm -hmm. to be able to get it big enough on the screen. Yeah, and then, if we were going to really do it there, I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, well, you did. I mean, look, but, right but if, you, if you're talking about the living room, that was actually live tape. But one thing we did yeah. do, because you obviously in the film it said Joey Todd, it didn't say Nat Benson. So right. We had, to, we, had, we had to create a role in there, which got put yeah. in by special effects or special who, video. So who does, does that you drew or is that someone else? No, no post-production. No, that was a post-production thing, yeah. So those are probably placed over their new their new credits on a, on a, on a, on a blank scene, Right. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know what I mean. Yeah, it's been Nat Benson. Yeah, just, it just occurs to me looking at it this way. I didn't, I didn't question it when we saw this. I've seen it twice now. <laughs> I went, um, oh, okay, he must have done that. Yeah. Well, this is what you guys are talking about because we do get Roger Corman there, and this is what the setup looks like. The movie tonight is a personal favorite of mine. I hope you enjoy it. Thanks, Roger. <laughs> now let's watch the magic of these women on wheels and Roger Corman's unholy rollers. Unholy rollers, unholy rollers. I'm gonna have yeah, to. Yeah, there's some drugs and sex and gambling and people getting beat didn't up. Didn't lose a dime. <laughs> didn't. I mean, no. Was, I mean, the cast was was delighted to see him. You can see how mm -hmm. excited I am was because you know it's. Yeah. I mean, it's like when we had Yule Hauser on. You know, everyone was thrilled. Yeah. Yeah. Yule Hauser, man, a local hero. Well, I mean, so the, it, it is interesting, and the 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 uh, the festival's great, and all of this, but it does lead to some really great touching scenes as you mentioned larry um with joey and um joni so let's take a look at here yeah i uh i didn't have much choice when he got sick i had to just step up to the plate well sometimes life makes our choices for us still you were a good actor very good i came close a couple of times Two great parts. A lucky break, I wouldn't be slinging hash for a career. Well, running a successful business seems like a pretty good career move to me. You think so? Yeah, I do. It's kind of nice to hear you say that. 
I never thought I'd see you again. Here you are. You know, I've never forgotten you. I can't say that there wasn't a part of me that always hoped that I'd look over that counter and see you walk through that door. Well, here I am. Here we are. So let's sit down, fill me in, and tell me everything, would you? That could take all night. You got other plans? I was going to watch that movie next door. Oh, hell, I know the ending. Come on, I want to show you around. <laughs> really, really, really nice. It's stuff. delightful. I mean, I. I don't know what to say. I mean, he, I mean, at, at one point, it's almost like him him telling his own story. I got really close, but he, no one did what he did. He was like ten years on a series. But well, I, I mean, that's I mean, the thing. oh, and then just Julie just lights up the screen. She's so sweet, and, you know. She was so perfect in it. And, and, you know, I can't believe you know, in thinking about it now, that we didn't get beat up for like having a scene of that length that wasn't on our our stars. I mean, it was yeah. really, so that's how much people really believed in that and wanted this to work. And mm -hmm. I can hear a lot of Steve Wasserman's voice in that scene at the end, which kind of has like a like a, a Casablanca kind of thing. Who have oh, you yeah. to walk in that door? You know, yeah. I can really hear I can really hear Steve <laughs> picturing that up because he really had a lot of heart, Steve. And we, we don't talk about him enough. We don't. We should do a Steve Wasserman show one day, maybe, you know, and just look at some of the work that he did. Um, okay, so a couple of things that are happening here. Boy, this Joe Bradley doesn't have much luck. You know, <sighs> right now he's in he's in a cast from a football injury, right? And as he's doing the checkups for the for the football injury, they find a problem with his heart. So tell me, tell me about. <laughs> well, yes, yeah, Jessica, she was here to tell the story because yeah, her father had already gone through this heart stuff, so we had all the research at hand. Which you know, again, this is before the internet. The research was hard. You know, it took a while to get it. You had to get it delivered to your place, and you know, it could take a couple of days. You couldn't just like throw up Google. But right. we had all this heart research, so we again, you know, I mean, Cameron Bancroft is a wonderful guy, as we know. And uh, but he was never going to really be the final thing for Donna. We we already knew that the end game was so he was never going to go the distance. But for the time being, and again, he was a quick a replacement for. Well, I want to ask you Ray. about this. I mean, this saying, is what yeah. I want to ask you about. Yeah, so, he wouldn't so, have been there if, if Ray had had been there this season. But we let's had talk. To, we've talked about here on the podcast before that you go into Mister Spelling's office and you find out Ray is going to have to be written out, which is shocking. And after you adjust your mind to that new information and, and we have the anti-ray which is which so is ray is gone but yeah. so what do you guys do immediately do you immediately go like well what are we going to do with all this shit for for donna we have to figure out new stuff or where do, where does your mind go do you, do you remember that of course you know it's just you're 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 a professional so you, you don't panic and you just kind of sit down there and, and you say hey this is great we can have new ideas now that are going to even be better you just kind of pump yourself up you know so I you guys, think, oh, we're going to do something even better. I mean, that's the trick of getting notes. Whatever they tell you, you're going to make it better than what they said. If you can do that, you're always going to be a successful writer. Mm -hmm. So because you you everyone's always getting notes. I mean, you so your idea is at that point, let's get a guy here who's a virgin, right? Yeah. Take that pressure off right away. We're not going to go down that road. That anger, that you know, that rage that kind of built up in poor Ray, we never got to explore. Um, and uh yeah i mean you know and and he's also a christian you know there, there were a lot of things about joe and but he he was so charming cameron what cameron brought to him that you really liked joe and you cared about him he had a kind of a, a, a goofy sense of humor and he was going to be our athlete but it was a faded athlete we were going to tell those athlete stories where athletes were unable to reach their potential because of illness or something terrible sure and in joe's case yeah we just laid it on and you know we had the heart thing there were so many great things because donna's father's a heart doctor so we we could really create some tension there is joe gonna listen to her for donna's father she's not gonna buy the other doctor's diagnosis right. and, and of uh, course you know, so by the way just, of again course. you keep wanting to vertically integrate the show and you can do that and make your characters in, inside each other you don't need guest stars so you knew that Joe Bradley or Cameron Bancroft was only going to be a part of the series until the end of that season. Yeah, his character was not going to end up with Claire, you know, or anybody. All right. <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. Let me. So let's watch them. I have a question for Drew, but let's. With the coach. No. By myself. There's something wrong with my heart. What? Why wouldn't you tell me? Because I didn't want you to worry. Well, what's wrong? What did my dad say? 
Well, the team doctor heard something weird, and now your father thinks that I've got some kind of a congenital heart thing. A defect. Oh, my God. I just got back from the meeting with the coach and the athletic director, and they want me to get a second opinion. Yeah, you should. I, I know my dad always recommends that. Well, I hate to say this, Donna, but I'm hoping the next guy will say your father's wrong. Yeah, me too. You know, again, that's that's good. It's a good conflict between them, which is non-sexual. But yeah, my, you know, it's a triangle Very again. Good. Joe, Amazing. Donna, and the father. You know, the team doctor thinks that. <laughs> Donna's he gave Joe dad. a clean bill of health. You know, it just happens that way. Is that way. shocking? That the team Joe doctor? is a scholarship student. I mean, CU is in the pack, whatever, pack 19. Uh, we never really had to talk about it. They play, I know, Southern California universities on their schedule because they, they have the stealing of <laughs> you know, all that stuff. All that stuff. Yeah, that was fun. We did all that uh, stealing the mascot stuff. Sometimes <laughs> I imagine Cameron Bancroft's call back home when he's thinking about leaving. And they're like, what's going on? Why would you leave? One, I had I had an injury. Two, I got into this fight in this court case with this Ray Pruitt. Three, now I have a heart issue. I can't play football. I just don't want to be here anymore. This this town <laughs> you know, is awful to me. I know. You know, I say it a lot of times, but you know, some guest stars have to serve the story. You know, oh, so he really it's, no, it's nothing personal. <laughs> right. you know, they're serving the story, and and that's there's glory in that. Drew, and what I wanted to ask you about in that is what I loved so much is the attention of detail that is at the college. One, we see the the cash station, which is just so amazing that you have an ATM there. And but all of the stuff, there's a store, there's there's all this stuff. Do you I mean I know we've talked about making the college, but do you recall putting some of these touches together? Oh, oh absolutely. I mean the, the college set was huge and you know, so something like that where you're gonna spend as much time because that was stage three and it was about half of stage three. The Peach Pit After Dark was maybe a quarter of stage three, and then we had a swing set space. And so the college took up most of the most of the room. It was one of those things where we had to work with what crap was hanging from the ceilings, and we had to build walls around things. So it kind of steered us into how we were going to sort of uh, build the upper parts, and, and that kind of helped us figure out where the columns and things would be placed. Mm. And we knew that there was going to be a lot of different things that were going to be shot in there. So there's this, this set of stairs that go up that turn around that kind of dead end when everybody just gets off camera on a platform. <laughs> there's hall, there's there's a garden entrance that kind of goes outside with plant backgrounds. It seems like you're going into a, some exterior place. There's kind of the bookstore-ish kind of end with a hallway. It's where the ATM machine was. And there was a double-sided glass display that we could put different things in and change it all the time. It had a, there was a, I think that was the store because there was also right. a door next to it as well. But there's a couple of little like dead end spaces as well, too, where somebody could duck and have a little conversation. Yeah. Um, it's funny, the ATM machine, because we were going to make an ATM machine. And I actually found somebody who had surplus ATM machines in Alhambra. And I went <laughs> up there and at them. And uh, it was an ATM machine with the safe. They just gave us the whole thing. They thought it was so cool that 90210 wanted it because we were, you know, a hit show. So they were you like, made up, yeah, you made you made Condor Cash. We didn't we didn't come up with Condor Cash. You came up with Condor Cash, I think. Didn't it's you? it's probably one of those things that we did like over over on Calvert, you know, just trying to figure out what things would be and ran it by a bunch of choices by lawyers to figure out what right. they should be, you know. Exactly. Like putting people's names on tombstones, that kind of thing. You know, we we go over well, the list. We would we would have it on scripts. I mean, every script had to be vetted that way. Yeah. That's why we tend to use our friends, you know, or, or oh, yeah. I'd go out into like the, whether it's, you know, like the construction stage and go, Hey guys, I got to do some tombstones. Who, who wants their name on a tombstone? And somebody <laughs> exactly. goes, hey, I do. And you go, yeah, okay, we know well, it's going to clear. Yeah, yeah <laughs> absolutely. Cause they'll say yes. <laughs> that that right, we, really famous. I used to kill Jesse Helms all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to play an old ad and we'll come back with more. Well, well, well. When was the last time you checked out the Beverly Hills 90210 Show Shop? Because now it's loaded with so much more stuff. Did you ever want to join the gang at CU? Because now you can wear your official CU t-shirt. Or want to get into the fun with America's zip code? Represent with this cool swag. Or maybe you have an invite to the Peach Pit After Dark and need the coolest shirt ever. We have loaded the store with so much more. So don't be a squeeze. 
Head over to Beverly Hills 90210showshop.com for all the latest goods. Okay, uh, just some things here. Georgia says, let me tell you guys for the 5,000th time how thankful I am for this podcast. Lisa thinks we should definitely do a Steve Wasserman show. It's a fantastic idea. Uh, Cindy Lee says... I'll do some impressions. Well, you know, the thing I love about Steve (laughs) Wasserman is that he wrote lyrics to the song. (laughs) And I have the lyrics. Jessica, before she passed, sent me the lyrics somewhere, so I have to pull those. And uh, the, the... the person who wrote the the set the 90210 theme, I can't think of his name John right now, Davis. John, John Davis. Davis. He recorded it for them. He recorded the theme song with a, a woman's voice singing Steve Wasserman's lyrics. So. <laughs> uh, and then let's see what else we have. Any other comments? Rebecca Shin says she wants a guy like Joe Bradley. Oh, Rebecca! Well, good for Rebecca. She life is changing like for that. Rebecca I mean, since we started this podcast. Larry. I mean, she lives in Pennsylvania. Like Joe is in Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania. So Look him she's up. In, things she's are still, happening. Yeah. Yeah, he still might be there. Um, okay, so let's see what else we have here. The other thing, of course, is uh, this little storyline. Let me find. Hey, Val, can I ask you for some advice? I'd be honored. Actually, I was hoping to tap into your more devious side. Well, in that case, I'm not honored, but ask anyway. Okay. I was in Susan's office. I answered the phone, and it was that Jonathan guy. You should have hung up on him. You're right. I should have. But I didn't. I took a message. But then I didn't give it to Susan. And I'm gathering it was a message you didn't want her to get. You could say that. All right, well, this is a no-brainer. You go in tomorrow morning, you uh, write the message down on those little Wally route pads and throw it on the messenger desk, and eventually she'll find it. That'll work. Glad I could help. <laughs> Great Valerie advice. All right, so Jonathan Kastman is coming back. Yeah, Kasten, Kasten. He's coming back into town. Tell me about that. Well, again, you know, if you want to challenge Brandon, you know, make him uncomfortable and, and and again you're working a triangle you got you know you got him and you got jonathan and you got uh you know susan <laughs> susan, susan keats, susan yeah, keats. Yeah. uh mm-hmm. and yeah it was great fun last time they were together you know he really got under you know i don't know if the actor himself got into jason's uh skin but it really came through that it was a you know good uh, irritation and so yeah we just try to keep that thing going and um you know i think we're going to play it off at the at uh where he shows up again one more time we have so yeah, again, this is real. You know, it's it's more story in that relationship. In the end, and I I don't think at this point either we knew Susan was going to be gone. I, I'm not quite sure when we made that decision because you know in the end, I mean, Susan is the only woman to really dump him the way she did. I mean, he gets dumped in the whole ten years. I think is that true, right. uh, Doctor uh, uh, Sherry Dr. Weiss, Weiss. Teen Drumology. <laughs> yeah. Is that the only time he gets uh, you know by I someone like- who actually has a longer relationship with? I don't know if you know, but Dr. Weiss takes, oh, I guess, no- I guess, takes oh, notes of the other podcast. And I feel like the only reason why she doesn't take notes of our podcast is because we're also <laughs> close and connected. But I'm sure she's, oh, got, good. A list- she'd be uh, I'm sure she's got a list of um, notes of things I've messed up. Yeah, with. I mean, I guess Kelly dumps him, but not re- it wasn't like a, a dump. I guess it was a dump. Yeah, I mean, but she was also with Dylan at that point. I don't know. Right. Uh, I, I always thought Susan, I mean, that's really devastating. She kind of... He's, you know, he's got the whole thing planned for her for the summer, and he's he's yeah. he's given he's given up something already, and then she just kind of unloads him. I will say, um, in terms of like the people that you guys could have kept and done more stuff with, Susan Keats is definitely one of those characters. Yes, I think so too. Yeah, that's why you know because again, it happened for for Kathleen, you know, where we you know yeah. didn't have any plans to keep it, but she just had to be kept. She was so useful, I and I feel that. like she's a little bit of info. I think um, I don't think. That there was a long-term plan to keep her because the offices were never built as sets on stage. The condor. That was yeah. just the location. Yeah. And so we did, there was no long-term plan to give her a place that we could take up and put down that she would that we would have to do Fair that enough. for so long. Yeah. I think you know the newspaper kind of came out of the high school stuff, and I think really we didn't want to continue it. We knew we we knew we could always go to TV and and you know again be more modern. So I, I think Drew's correct, though she could have become the manager of the TV station. If, you know, I mean, if 
if she jumped in bed with, you know, say I, I mean, I, I'm trying to be Steve. Steve, oh, if, 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 I understand. No, was if we, if she was useful to us in a certain yeah. way that we could have gotten stories out of her with another mm -hmm. character, another relationship. But I just think we, you know, we just, you, again, she served the story. She, you know, yeah. became a big act, a, a season ender where Brandon gets, you know, this, this, because we knew we we're going to go back to Kelly. I mean, it, again, it, it, we were looking at the end game always. So people, the other people were just, uh, you know, play They're fillers. Seat holders. Yeah, seat holders. Yeah. Seat holders. Um, I don't know. I pulled another Nat clip. I don't know what it is. Let's see. Boy, that's hey, Nat. Can I get a pot of coffee for my slaves next door? They're working really hard to get this festival off of them. Ask Willie. You know, I know you said you wouldn't come tonight, but I really think you should reconsider. No. Why not? Is it Corman? Did he stiff you? He hasn't got anything to do with it. Roger Corman's a great guy. Then what was it? We saw the film. You were very funny. Thank you. Hmm. This isn't making sense. What happened? It's personal. I don't want to talk about it, okay? Was it a woman? <laughs> it was a woman. Okay one of the actresses was it one of those roller derbets huh huh she wasn't in the picture well who is she and what happened to her told you i don't want to talk about it okay forget i asked listen you go have a good time tonight send my best to roger corbin okay but uh i was gonna say steve says he's gonna break him down and that's how he's gonna get uh, do you have yeah. the last clip of them together? The uh, the next reaction. I do. Reaction? I do, oh, I do have that. Script. Yeah, I'm going to show that next. But yeah. uh, so that's what we have to do here sometimes with people when we try to get them on the podcast, right? Steve said he's going to break them down and get them to get them to go to this thing. So Jason Wiles, that's what we have to do. We got to break them down and get them to come wear them down. Yeah, wear them down. Yeah. Um. So I mean, really good stuff there. I always think that Joey and Ian have really good stuff together. I mean. Their chemistry is also really great and funny and like they're always kind of having these sort of steve is kind of always going to nat for things <laughs> right especially in those couple of seasons sure. oh and it's great having joey around as a character constantly because we go back to the peach pit all the time which was one of the greatest sets and and again for us it's a page is inside because you know again we're manufacturing this series i mean it's there, right. there's all this template we have to fill it's so many hours so many uh, pages in a set and so, yeah, we love that Peach Pit set. And that's why, you know, Joey Tata had a 10-year job, basically. Because <laughs> also, you know, it's a place where you could have the whole cast together. So there's always that possibility. Right. But, you know, it wasn't uh, the, the very first season. It was not, though, because it was much smaller. Yeah. It was... There was there like there was the counter. There was a room for stools, and then the wall. There was no right. That was the apple pan. The apple pan yeah. that Chuck talks about. It, it evolved from being just the apple pan in his yeah. mind to a bigger place. And, and you know, again, the show the show went beyond his first thirteen. Uh, Drew, uh, Tori told me that a mega burger is a fat burger. Yes, one hundred percent. That's awesome. Never, never anything else. Always fat burgers. There was a there was a fat burger literally on Sepulveda, like right around the corner. So Gary would just call him and go, "I need forty fat burgers." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so great. if I don't know if fat I don't know if fat burgers all over the country, but I know it's here mm -hmm. in LA. If uh, if you really want a true mega burger, just order yourself a fat burger, and you're all good to go. Yep, absolutely. Um, all right, let's see what else here. This is the clip that you were talking about, Larry. There you go. Ah. Thanks. So, Nat, how does it feel seeing a woman you love after 25 years? Sweet. Really sweet. That's it? That's all you're going to give us? All right. I'll give you one more thing. A great big yes. Mm. <laughs> I guess the film festival was a success. Huh? Kind of changed my life. Oh, that's great. No, you two are great. Nice. Um, good, really beautiful stuff there. Larry, you're muted. Larry, you're muted. That's a very good kiss. <laughs> yeah. But you do give Nat a lot of stuff with this, and it was really nice to see, right? Yeah, I mean, now, you know, then we used it again. We played it out through the end of this season. I mean, you know, we did something. We did, we jumped, probably jumped the shark a little bit where she gets pregnant. <laughs> She's pregnant. <laughs> you know, it's just, you know, I mean, are there storylines I regret? I'm not really, because it's kind of delightful. And in, in a way, people have babies now this age, you know? I mean, I don't know. We, I know full. we've covered that episode where we find that out. 
Well, it's, it's you, uh, you say it's your birthday. It's a two hour. Yeah. Uh, and then a mate for life. I know we've covered where I think where she gives birth. But were there big conversations in the writer's room? Can this happen? Were those kinds of things happening? When... Yeah, yeah, we we felt that we felt that there was enough uh, case study on it that was possible. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Right. Think about it like this: when you do enough episodes, you can literally do anything at some point. Right. You know, I mean, again, because we're eating up a lot of story, you know, and, mm-hmm. and we were slow playing story, which is just our style. But still, you had to have a lot of story. And we kind of like that. I mean, people were people. Uh, there was a good reaction. You know, there was a good response to Nat and Nat and Jody. Though people liked it. Again, we didn't have Jim and Cindy anymore, so we didn't have sure. that other couple to service. You know, e- even then, we didn't have. What did we have? I mean, Mel was married to Jackie then. Yes. I mean, you yes, had uh, some of them around when and, when and needed. The, and the Martins, you know. Uh, but, well, Larry, one thing we're on this topic now. But one thing that it's always confused me is that Mel could always be brought back. Right? You know, he had a. He was. He became. What is his role then? Is he a day player? What is what is Matthew Lawrence? No, no, he's then? a recurring character. You know, recurring you know, character, and but as available, you know, and like as he, available, he, we would have to. I bet, but they might have had to leave in a stronger hole. But you can ask Diane that call. We'll ask Diane. But so that Matthew question. Lawrence is that. Angela Gillespie is that, right? But yes, Jim and Cindy are no, really they, only they, special guesters. We never see them become reoccurring characters. Why is? I mean, that's probably a well, Diane. Well, they are. I mean, they're in the. They're all opening credits. I mean, no, I mean later on after they left the show, oh, right? Why did they well, not then get? They're just special guest stars. They're just special guest stars because, first of all, there was a sense of pride. I'm sure for them, they're not going to just do it, you know, for you know the price we want to pay or whatever. Uh, you know, it's just uh, there just wasn't an easy way back to to extend it, and plus also. It was. They were also older. The kids were that much older. They were another year older, another year older. You don't really want to have to have the parents there all the time. Fair enough. Okay. I mean, uh, you know, after season five, I mean, they take over the the Walsh house. The parents go to Hong Kong, and the, you know, the kids live at the house, which you know, and it becomes this other thing. I mean, you know, we we set that up great. They think they're selling the house. They wreck the house, and then you know, I you just know, didn't, and that has a good scene in that one too. Nat, you know, is the one who disapproves of the big party where they're going right. to wreck the Walsh house because they think it's in escrow. My point is just that, you know, we see Felice, right, and Doc Martin, we see Mel a lot, we see Anne a lot, but we don't ever see Jim and Cindy a lot. And since the show was centered on this family from Minnesota, it's it's sometimes odd to me that the Walshes didn't just move up to San Francisco and could come down every once in a while and be a part of what's going on in their lives. Or did they need them to get out? Their quote for the show is at a certain price and a certain level now that was not going to work and you know other than for special things i mean i'm trying to think after they left we brought cindy back uh and when oh, when, Brand, when brandon goes to hong kong they're we'll both we'll cover in the, that at some hong point yeah, episode. Yeah. yeah yeah i mean but they it's uh, spar- are they in the uh the final episode of the series they are. they are i think so yeah mm-hmm. but i'm just i just it's just interesting but you think it's more of a uh actors management situation that they were once st- i mean I they were so. stars of the series you know, so it's hard to go from being a star of the series to a reoccurring star. Well, of the yeah, the reoccurring star. But I mean, they'll do a shot here and there, and they for sure. Be, but yeah, no, I think so. That's correct. That's okay, and uh, let's take a look at this last thing here. So let's talk about cocaine. I just want to. I just want to ha- add this that uh, <laughs> they're not in the series finale. <laughs> no, right, okay, so and they're not just, in the Hong Kong episode. Only no, Jim, uh, Jim is in the. Yeah, that's the all Hong we could Kong, afford. Right, yeah, she you. was away then. That's right. Yeah. Thank you for reminding me. Episode <laughs> I produced and wrote. Yeah, okay, that's good. Yeah. And, the, right, well, and the super go. fan couldn't remember, but I, I did. Yeah. I thought I, I didn't know if they were in the finale. I, why would they not be? You seem, so you seem so confident. You seem so confident. Well, because it just uh, felt like, why would they not be? Right? Yeah. But I think for that reason, it just uh, it just yeah. became a point of pride, perhaps. Perhaps, yeah. But and, this and, thing and here, I mean, again, someone made up know, a good point though. Catherine West said this is a good point. Kelly and Donna's parents were also used as vehicles to further those characters in their angst. 
not so much with Jim and Cindy. They were a stable force, as was Brandon. So I think that's a that's yeah, a very I mean, valid point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they weren't a force of conflict. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. After you know, after Jim, well, Jim, there's Jim only and, so Jim and much... Dylan, but but I, I was gonna say yeah. just back to the scene we just saw. Sure. You know, again, we had all been down this co- cocaine cocaine road. You know, some more than others, and some continued on it. Um, <laughs> So the idea of, of this scene here where you get the check and you roll the check up or that what you could do with, you know, how we could really debase Kel, uh, Cocaine Kelly by rolling up the father's check or you know, saying fuck you to the father. And now she's just going to let herself go because what's the point? She's a broken right. child. Really? Yeah, I mean, stuff. that very, very good, very good end there. Very believable after the, the, the shit he puts you through in this episode, the disappointment level that she's in and that, that Jenny Garth brings to it. And uh, yeah, very satisfying and launching now. <laughs> I think we must be going into Sweep's episode, I feel like. It has to be. Because yeah. well, this this is this is a great episode and great ender, uh, Drew. Yeah. I know you don't know exactly what what the cocaine was here, but uh, what do you, what is it normally? Do you have any of that working knowledge? Honestly, you know, frankly, in this kind of thing, where like if you're doing it in a movie where somebody has to ingest something, then there's a whole process for that, which yeah. is totally different. But this, which there's no ingesting, there's none of that. It's really just tapping out it, most no, likely we powdered sugar. Is my yeah, again, we were not allowed to see that. You were not allowed yeah. to see that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There. Yeah. Yeah. Well, talk to we me were, about that, Larry. We Do you think tele- is television now different that you think you could see it? I don't, yeah, again, this was an eight o'clock show. You know, right. it, it played like eight to nine. So, and, but, but, but on Fox, it, 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 they were allowed like nine to 10. It was actually a nine o'clock show because it was on Fox. Fox only programmed two hours a night, they didn't program the 10 o'clock hour then. Um, but yeah, no, you couldn't show that. That's why you know, in the Brian uh, methamphetamine story, I mean, in the David the Silver Brian methamphetamine story, I came up with the idea of the uh, of the orange juice in the meth because they wouldn't let us snort it, but I wanted to be able to ingest it. So they bought they bought the fact that you could drink it. And asked friends of mine said it was totally possible. You right. get a little, you get a little nourishment, but you don't waste any time. <laughs> Uh, Liz wants to ask a question about Drew's music collection behind him. Feel free to ask that question. We're we're happy to. Uh, I know Drew is a huge uh, record collector and has a Facebook group. Audio file. Yes. Thank you for that. Yes. So it's really nice stuff. I mean, and some of the the, the you know Bill Taylor leaving and all that stuff, and her speeding down to the uh, airport to see him go and all that stuff. It's really it's. It's really going to create the next moments here for for Kelly Taylor, right? Well, she went all out. He sucked her in full. He he sold. She was all in. Jackie was happy, and even though Jackie was probably wary, and you got the house there, she's like a, a girl left at the altar. You know, it was a kind of, we, we crushed her spirit. Yeah, which is what uh, we hope to do. Lisa wants to know who thought of having her roll up the check to do the line. You know, I w- I'm going to give Steve Wasserman credit for that, uh, though we all applauded it. I'm sure. Though, I mean, it, it could have it could have been uh, any one of us culprits, but I, I think I th- I'm going to hang it on Steve. Yeah. Okay. That's fair enough. <laughs> well, I think we covered everything in um, in this episode, right? Is there anything that didn't happen? <laughs> no. Well, the, the you know the Brandon uh, Susan where he has to come clean that he didn't didn't give her the oh right uh, yeah that he didn't you know he didn't take the message for and stuff which is again that's just a that's just you know Biden time episode really for them it, you know that's not a big this is not a big Brandon episode but you, you get to see the fact that he, you know that this guy gets under his skin which means he really cares about Susan yeah because you know we're going to build that up and, and break his heart which again that's our job right. And really beautiful Joey Tata stuff, nice Nat stuff in this, and we, that's really one of strong. The, why we covered this this week. Um, all right, so this has been that. I want to let everybody know and, that we go ahead, Larry. No, I was going to say, and really well directed by Jason. It really has got some pizzazz in it. And you know, again, that 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 scene with Kelly at the end there. There's no dialogue in it. She's like doing a couple of different things. We're really working with her from different angles, and he's building up a whole sequence, which you know is very satisfying. Always I want fun to work on a Jason directed episode too. Why is that true? Tell me that answer to that. Location scouts. <laughs> that means going to Hooters for lunch, basically. That, yeah, what, what it means is Jason could go, I'm going to order two bottles of wine. Would anybody like some? And Paul Wagner would just go, where'd you go? Mm, where'd you go? <laughs> and then he would drink it anyway. He'd have his scotch anyway or something. Um, 
I want to say we don't Larry, talk about we don't talk about Paul enough, but you know, yeah, well, that's another episode. We should, Paul Wagner show. We should do. Yeah. Um, what were you gonna say, Pete? I want everybody to go to LarryMullen.com because there's something Ooh. happening on your on your website right now that is really awesome. Yeah, I just put some things in the pool. So you got some pages. Kid, the pool guy's kid, yeah, a little young adult novel. Tell know. me about the pool murder guy's kid, mayhem, Larry. What's... Murder, mayhem, and romance. You know. You know, my, well, what's my, going my, on with this? This is so you're giving people that watch our podcast an opportunity to or listen to our podcast, whatever, however you get it. You're giving people an opportunity to go to your website and read the pages as it's coming to be. Well, right? no, well yeah, yeah, sort of. I mean, I've I've written most of it now, so but I'm just okay. releasing it slowly. Uh, as Drew knows in the music business, you know, you've got to constantly be releasing new material. Mm-hmm. Uh, books take a long time, so I thought, you know, Charles Dickens did this. He put it on his website. Well, I've been putting it out there just to see what kind of reactions can I build with some excitement. And also, uh, you know, it, it's helpful to me as I'm as I'm building building it. And uh, I'll probably go back and change it again. I'm going to post, uh, so far I've posted, I think, 13 pages. I'm going to post an, another 20-odd pages uh, probably by Monday. Uh, you know, my, my web uh, designer takes a little bit of time, but I'm going to give it to her on Friday, see if she gets it up on Monday. All right, so and now... Then, yeah. And then is there some point, I read 35 pages, now you got to buy the book, right? At some point that's going to happen? I don't know. I don't know. I, don't, I, don't really <laughs> I mean, know. that seems like it makes the most I don't sense. Know. I mean, I'm uh, so invested in the story now. Well, maybe so, but I have to then publish the book. It will take about a year. <laughs> you know, so, you know, because yeah, I want to get, I wanna get an Asian. I want to get an Asian for this and, you know, sell it, you know, in a different way perhaps. But you, I'm you having fun writing it because I'm writing it in, in two different realities. I'm, I'm writing it as a, as a past story and also right now. So oh, that's it's, interesting. it's building in two ways, and it gives me a chance to kind of uh, uh, create some momentum in the story. And but yeah, I like it. It's uh, you know, like I said, it's kind of a, you know, there's murder, mayhem, and romance because there's a uh, the main character. There's uh, there's going to be three uh, fantastic women in his life while he's going through this, uh, you know, being chased by the Armenian mob, basically. <laughs> oh, I love this. Like, so yeah, uh, it's so- fun, and it gets a good view. It all takes place in in L.A. and it's a Beverly Hills centric kind of thing, and uh, but it gets out to the valley and it gets out to the west side, and it's got lots of uh, local stuff, and we clean a lot of pools. So everybody needs to go to LarryMullen.com to check out the first thirteen pages, and maybe even more if you get there on Monday. There might be some more coming. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, definitely will be. Just a question of what time, but yeah, they're going to be coming out. You know, like <laughs> right. I'm, I'm much deep down the road with it, so I'm enjoying it. And that's good. Uh, I'm really thanks excited thanks because because uh, we're we're working through getting Diane Young, the casting director Ooh. of Nine Hundred Two One Zero, on this show. Chuck and I met with her last week. Larry, of course, made the connection. She connected the niece connected you. This has been a it's a homecoming yes. for her and all this. So this is going to be very exciting. We're came out of the Reddit see. thing we did. Came out of the Reddit talk we did. Oh, that's great. Yeah, and I've been following on those Reddit boards. Actually, there is a you know a whole other crowd of people on there, and uh, they're also you know total nerds. You know, same thing. <laughs> Just like Doctor Weiss, get on that Reddit board. Uh, so so, but what's cool is that she's going to go season by season with us about casting everybody that you've ever wanted to know who wasn't cast, who was up for the part. We're gonna. She already told me someone that was up for Emily Valentine and my mind was blown by it. So there's just going to be so many things that you're going to find out and it's really going to answer a lot of questions. So that's she's never happening. Talk- yeah. yeah she's ahead. never, she's never talked about the show before. I mean, she's never talked. She about went up before. to the state of Washington and uh, no one ever heard of her. I mean, she, she kind of got, cause you don't Facebook or do you Facebook Diane? I don't think she's on Facebook. True. Mm-hmm. Have you talked? Know. No, I, I, you know, no. Well, yeah, but the friend is the, 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 the is Kelly, Kelly McDonald. Kelly. Yeah. Yes. No, right. Kelly's accessible. Uh, but no, Diane kind of went off the grid, basically. Yeah, so it was really kind of out of the blue. Uh, this person kind of wrote me a thing, and I kind of developed a little relationship. She said, oh, well, my aunt was it is Diane Sherry Weiss says, she, I'm, uh, not I'm not a red, but, but I, I occasionally I, I, I snoop. Snoop. Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. This well, has been really great this week. Yeah, uh, good seeing you, Drew. Thank you for joining us here. It's always nice to have you here. Before uh, maybe- we go, I want to ask Drew, uh, what are you going to see? Any shows? Any um, rock and roll? Any rock and roll? No, at, at the moment, no. I just saw some Jack White shows. Nice. Shows showing up, but as soon as I saw it, I went and looked, and it said, sold out. I'm like, well, that's not fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, my, my daughter's on an internship for three months, so I kind of, mm. I'm kind of holding off. Like, I didn't go see Fish. I, oh, I, wow. Yeah, well, it should I be known that Chuck's, Chuck's daughter and, and his son-in-law mm-hmm. were in Colorado for two shows. 
Oh, they so, were good. Larry, it, was the great. They, it was their this 49th weekend, and 50th. Yeah. I want yeah, to tell I've you, Larry, about that before. I, yeah. I was sitting at a Chinese restaurant this week and I heard two men talking about the show that you went to and they had a similar feeling about the, the Jackson show, Brown Jackson Brown show. Yeah, you know, I've seen him a lot. My son is called Jackson. He really wanted to go. It was his birthday. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't. But my buddy plays plays bass with him and has played forever. He's a 75-year-old bass guy. He's on stage, whopping it out. Bob hey, Larry, Glob, represent you to, Venice. You want to hear something cool, Larry? My first concert, Jackson Brown. Amazing. Running on empty, Meriwether. Post- is, you know is, what? Bob was playing bass then. <laughs> is, but but Jackson is running on empty, you're saying. This, yes. this, oh, yeah. yeah man, he's that's done. amazing. He's done now. Oh, yeah. yeah. Running on empty. Yeah. yeah. Well, that <laughs> happens. Yeah. I'm not going to go any more legacy shows, but we're going to see Gaslight Anthem, which is uh, fronted by Brian Fallon, a guy I love. And and a Gaslight Anthem is a, a, a kind of a famous Jersey band. Mm-hmm. A little bit I know, and I'm so disappointed it's, that I, we, I'm going to be in Jersey now when that happens, so I won't be able to I see know. it. So. And his wife is a giant fan, so we'll yes. miss I, it. I will it's... recommend a new band for you, though, Larry. All right. Yes, it's okay. It's a band called Wet Leg. The Wet album Leg. is called Wet Leg. It's okay. awesome. My vinyl, well, that's where I found it. My, my, I've been like obsessed on YouTube watching the Tedeschi Trucks Wheel of Soul oh. tour. It's so great. There's yeah. nobody better in rock and roll than this band. I wow. just got to see it. You just, oh, Derek, so Derek Trucks stuff. is incredible. I mean, Susan Tejeshi. I used to I used to watch her long before him. I know she's insane. I mean, there, and there's so much artistry in that band. They just they're the royal couple of rock and roll. You have yeah, to take a look. At it. And it's so great on YouTube. You can watch every live show. Pete, mm-hmm. tell Christina get on YouTube. She can watch a Gaslight Anthem. Oh, live she'll watch the show on the 16th. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. get the social. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, happy, All right, this happy is great. listening. Yeah, thank you so much, guys. We will see everybody next week with more Beverly Hills 90210 show. Bye-bye. Bye. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.